0: Hey, it's Anna. A few weeks ago, we got an email from Johnny Solomon. Johnny was the frontman of the indie band Communist Daughter until fairly recently, and he was a guest on our show back in 2018, along with his wife, Molly, and his mom, Nancy. A lot has happened in our life since we spoke, Johnny wrote to us, but here I am beside my mom's bed writing her obituary as she is ending life in hospice at home. I met Johnny and his family at his mom's home in Southern California. They were all living together at the time. Theirs is a story about family that I think about a lot, about Johnny and Molly becoming caregivers for his mom after his mom stepped up for him when he needed help because of his struggles with mental illness and substance abuse. Johnny's mother, Nancy, died on June 18th from pancreatic cancer. So we're going to share their story with you again today. Rest in peace, Nancy.
1: When I asked for help, my mom dropped everything. And so when my mom had said that they were having trouble and they needed help, I figured it would be better for us to just be here and make a life here.
0: This is Death, Sex, and Money. Your virgin who can't drive. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot. You don't care, they're counting on your tips to live. And need to talk about more. If
2: you don't give me one good reason to keep living,
3: I'm going to do this.
0: I'm Anna Sale. Just a year ago, the Minnesota-based band Communist Daughter was on the road. They were promoting their second full-length album, stopping at clubs, radio stations, and festivals across the country. But driving from gig to gig, their lead singer, Johnny Solomon, was worried. A few months earlier, he'd gone to visit his mom and her husband outside San Diego. His wife, Molly, came too. She also sings in the band. It was just, it
3: became more and more evident that they really did need somebody close by.
1: She said, like half crying, that, uh, yeah, that they needed help.
0: Did your mom specifically say what do you think about spending more time out here,
1: <laughs> being here full-time for a yeah, it didn't didn't come off that nicely.
3: Yeah, she's like, it's time.
1: Do you guys want some coffee? Do you I'm, want some donuts? No
0: we met Johnny and Molly not on the road, but at the two-bedroom bungalow in California that they now share with Johnny's mom, Nancy, and her husband, Hugh. Hugh has dementia, and Nancy has a degenerative nerve disease that's similar to multiple sclerosis. Johnny and Molly have become their live-in caregivers. Like we're
1: living in a guest room out of suitcases, still. So So
0: your clothes aren't in drawers.
3: No, well we've created. um,
1: (laughs) We've done what we could out of you know.
3: (laughs) Take it like at my dresser right now is I took out all of Nancy's files. In her,
0: she has like
3: it's like a file cabinet made out of like wicker, though. Uh And so, yeah, that's my. (laughs) It doesn't feel like we like dresser.
0: We
1: tour so much, or we did tour so much that you know we're used to living out of small spaces and suitcases.
0: Johnny sent us an email shortly after they moved to California last summer. He wrote, "It put our career, our music, my whole existence into a no man's land." My wife and I made our money touring, but now we can't really tour. My band and manager are all trying to figure out how the music goes on, or if it does. And I recognized this CD. Yeah,
2: mom has to have CDs. (laughs)
0: We sat in their open living room, where Johnny's mom, Nancy, has a big recliner that rotates around so she can keep watch on what's going on throughout the house. Molly and Johnny and I squeezed in around her.
1: I feel like we're,
0: like, having a huddle right
1: here. We're all, we're all gathered <laughs> like around, natural, right?
2: <laughs> Yeah. Now we should all put our arms around.
0: Nancy told me her illness makes it hard to move around much. It takes all my energy, so I, I don't
2: do, I can't do as much, so it's it's been it's been a very difficult because I was a very active person
0: mm-hmm.
1: growing up, she was the alpha female you know I mean she's still the boss, she just now sits in her throne the whole time.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I kind of manipulate <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's something that Molly had to get used to. Mom has this way of like. Um, bossing you around but in a way that you can tell that she's she cares but it'll be like you know like move that box sit right there move that chair over here you know and it's like she cares but it comes out as mom is in
0: charge
2: having I mean, four kids did it <laughs>
0: having four kids did it nancy said nancy is tall and broad-shouldered like her son She's a psychiatrist, one of the only women in her medical school class. She still works part-time at a local mental health clinic, where she used to work full-time before her symptoms got worse. She was getting ready for a shift when I visited, but generally her schedule is less busy these days.
1: Like Fridays, she has her hair appointment. and mm-hmm. and uh, But then, you know, like we come back and she's mostly here in this chair. Um, so we're kind of running around and... When she needs something, fetching something.
2: Uh, we keep one person in the house. One Yeah, you because know, I've fallen before. We keep, if I fall, I can't get up.
0: Johnny told me that of all his siblings, he was in the best position to come out to help. But he was not always someone that Nancy could rely on.
1: I think mom has seen a huge change
0: in me as a person in the last few years.
2: There's been a change, a very comfortable change.
0: Throughout his 20s and early 30s, as Johnny's music career was taking off and he was running a promising new restaurant near Minneapolis, he struggled with substance abuse and undiagnosed mental illness. It tested his relationships with everyone in his life, including his mom.
1: She was always still, like, loved me no matter what I did. And, um, because I was a meth addict. I was uh, alcohol and meth. And, you know, people see they see it from the outside but it's 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 impossible to explain it from the inside of what it does to your soul what it does to every part of you where i mean i i could lie all the time i could do just this part this dark part of me was just all of me and and i did really terrible things to the people i loved
2: and one time when he was here I had a moment. Yeah. He, he was on and you had a moment and he was um yelling at me and, and disrespectful.
1: Yeah, I was cussing at everybody and yeah, Molly was here for that too.
0: And when you when you say you were using meth, like were you is it something you would buy? Were you ever making it?
1: Um, I I always bought it. Um there was a period for about two years I was using it every day. And um, I would buy it and smoke it or eat it or snort it. But then uh, yeah, I was spending, I don't know six, seven hundred dollars a week maybe on it. Um,
0: Did you have that money?
1: <laughs> I found that money. I mean, I uh, uh, at the time I had a restaurant, um, which probably would have done really well because it was good food.
3: You got top 10. 10- Best, Best New, new restaurants. restaurants
1: and Midwest Living Magazine. Midwest, mm.
0: So when you say you found that money, was it money that should have gone for, to other things or money that you got from other people?
1: Money that I should have gone for other things. It was like in the budget of the restaurant to make sure that I had, you know, about 600 bucks a week that I would take
0: out in cash.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very <sighs> unpleasant to think about.
0: This was in 2010, when the band was promoting their first record and starting to have a lot of success. Johnny was falling apart. That became clear one night when the band was playing a big show in Minneapolis. I got on stage and I was a disaster. I was,
1: I mean, it was, it was rough. It was Um, embarrassing. It was was embarrassing. Uh, I mean, and I was, I was high and drunk and I mean, I, I was heavy. I was, we started Sores on my face. Yeah. And, yeah. and to the point where like, you know, and I think most people knew there was something wrong with me. Um, and I ended up, I had called my mom and uh, I was like, I, I can't wait any longer. You know, this is, I'm like, I'm at the bottom. And if it gets any lower, it's going to get way worse.
0: Why was it your mom that you called?
1: Um... I don't know, maybe because that's the last person that would take my call. Um, And I'd asked her for help so many times, and she never said no. Um, Even though so many people in my life had started saying no. And I just knew that, and I knew what, when I called her, I knew what I was asking for. And I knew that she was the one who was, you know, she would know when I was serious and and so she knew that I was asking for
2: help for real. If you didn't get help, it was over.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I. was in his voice. So. Yeah, I had nothing left, and I suddenly couldn't write songs anymore. And that's when I realized, like, oh, like God's going to take everything away from me unless
2: I do something. So that's when I called my mom. As a physician, we always sent our physicians when they got in trouble to Hazelton. It was just something we did. And we were very, we were, we thought they did a good job. So I insisted that he had to go to Hazelton um, and he did.
0: Did you help him pay for that? Did you pay for the treatment?
1: Yes, yes. This is, it's death, sex and money, mom. So we got to talk about all of them.
2: Yes. <laughs> it took most of my retirement. You know, it was not all of it, but it, it took me. it was an investment. Yes, it was a best, a wonderful investment.
0: Johnny went to rehab at a Hazleton Betty Ford treatment center in Minnesota for 45 days. Coming up, I talked with Johnny and Molly about how his sobriety changed the dynamics of their band and made him surprisingly suited for caregiving.
1: People who know me know that I love. Things that only old people should love. You know, I'm a big fan of The Golden Girls and Murder, She Wrote, and Going to Bed Early.
0: Every week, the Death, Sex, and Money team shouts out a couple of our favorite recent podcast episodes in our email newsletter, which you can subscribe to right at our website, deathsexmoney.org. And because it is prime road trip season, we decided to make a playlist for you all of some of those audio recommendations. Our intern, Marty, put it together. Thank you, Marty. And it is filled with some really excellent podcast episodes from shows including the L.A. Times' Asian Enough, the New Yorker Radio Hour, and NPR's Rough Translation, whose recent episodes about a couple straddling the civilian-military divide are completely engrossing. On the playlist, we've also included some of our top picks from Death, Sex, and Money as well. So when you are on your next road trip, or wherever really, and you're racking your brain for what to listen to, we've got you covered. You can text the word PLAYLIST to the number 70101, and we'll send you a link, or you can find the link in the show notes for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure just been looking for a reason to visit New York City, come on June 11th for this show. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash Money. We are so excited to see you there. I'm Shankar Vedantham, here to tell you about a great
2: mystery. That mystery is you. As the host of a podcast called Hidden Brain, I explore big questions about what it means to be human. Questions like, where do our emotions come from? Why do so many of us feel overwhelmed by modern life? How can we better understand the people around us? Discover your hidden brain. Find
0: us wherever you get your podcasts. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. While Johnny Solomon was in rehab seven years ago, his band Communist Daughter got their first major nationwide exposure. Grey's Anatomy used some of their music in an episode, including this song, Soundtrack to the End.
3: We put on a pretty face And we never saved our money
1: And then we got stuck in place And I lost
0: my milk and honey So did you, you actually saw like Grey's Anatomy and heard your song playing? In treatment. In treatment. Yeah. Were you in like a group room? Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what yeah, I got you,
3: s- you have to, yeah, like ask to use the TV or to have um Yeah, because like we have to watch
1: Grey's Anatomy and everyone, you know, gets to vote on what they're going to watch and... It was neat too because when you're in treatment you know you're with all these different people from all different walks of life and you know there's a little bit of like it's like i'm a musician oh who are you and it's like you probably never heard of me but now you've heard of me I'm, look i'm on Grey's anatomy and
3: some of the best of us are
1: already home still singing softly through the
3: stereo
0: While he was in rehab, Johnny was also diagnosed as bipolar. His mom, Nancy, a psychiatrist, knew that was in their family history, but she didn't think Johnny was affected. I didn't think it was in my genes or didn't think about it.
2: So, you know, this is sad, but if they're on medication, they're just as normal as everybody else.
0: Do you find yourself, like... Doing clinical check-ins of Johnny? Like, do you sort of, like...
2: Yes, she does.
0: I try not to. I mean,
2: I think it I think it always, because of my training, it, I can't say I don't. She asks me a lot about how much I sleep. That's that's probably true, I have to say. Uh, totally fine. Yeah, it's, uh, I have, all through my training, uh, when I'm meeting with couples and things like that, it's, a lot of times I have told them, okay, 18... Your children are their own. They're no longer yours, and you have to let them go. And you do kind of cry about it because you've spent all this time, Mm -hmm. but they have to have that choice. So I was so fortunate when one decided that
0: I was a close part of his life. It was time for Nancy to leave to see patients at the clinic. Johnny helped her out the door. Are
1: you going to your. Oh, my cane. I've got your cane. Okay. Yeah.
0: Johnny is 39 now. Molly, his wife, is 32. It's not clear how long they'll have to live out here in Southern California. And that's caused a lot of uncertainty at a time when they really want to be planning for the future.
1: I mean, it could be like a year of our life, it could be 10 years of our life.
0: What was the conversation like between you two when you were? When it was first brought up about the possibility of moving out here full time,
3: um, honestly, I was I was pretty hesitant to get on the bandwagon there because um, all my you know my my whole family lives in Minnesota and we're pretty close, and all my friends and and also it was coming up on the time where we were starting to talk about kids, and my whole thing was like I can't be away from my mom when I you know. I, you know that was something that was like really important to me. I don't know. Also, my parents are they're a lot younger um, than John's. Um, so I just wasn't really
0: thinking about that yet. Johnny, though, has been looking for a change for a while. Since getting sober, life as a touring musician has become harder. I start getting really
1: I get really angry. I get really short. Um, i get I feel really lonely even though, like, we're, you know, I'm surrounded by people the whole time. It's it's really hard to describe. And, you know, sometimes the thing that's tough is that, like, I'm sober and I'm bipolar and I have to be surrounded by drunk, you know, fun-loving party, you know, rolling through every town. And it's, like, the last thing I want to do uh, and the last thing that's good for me.
0: Well, it sounds like... Such a contrast to your routine now.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I love routine. I love it. Because when things get out of control, then I start to really lose control. And we we had always, when we were on tour, we'd always stop and stay in San Diego. And it felt like this real, it felt like this magical place where for two weeks out of our very hectic and sometimes very stressful life we got to spend two weeks in San Diego having, you know, like eating oranges on like the street. It's like a vacation, yeah. And so like it to me it was always like, wouldn't this be great if we just moved to San Diego for a little bit? It would be this huge life shift where we'd have to decide what we were doing with our life.
0: You know, it strikes me that like figuring out different ways to make money at, you know, sort of an earlier stage like having a kind of like in your 30s, is this music thing going to work out? Do I need to make money another way? You all have an extreme version of that. Um, but I guess I, I imagine you have peers who have gone through similar sort of like, is this going to happen or is this not? And Do we need to come up with a different plan?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, our idea of success when you're when you're in your 20s, you just think things will figure themselves out if I do what I love things will figure themselves out and and now in my 30s my late 30s it's like oh well yeah everyone knew you you can't make money at music like everyone knows that you know and so I'm at this age now where it's like if I don't figure something else out what else am I gonna do you know like am I gonna be the guy who learned to play you know Irish folk tunes so I could you know do it Wednesdays at the local Irish pub or something you know like but I I don't know so like I, I luckily I've started to like what I thought would feel like kind of soul sucking by looking somewhere else starts to feel actually kind of freeing
0: Molly and Johnny are living rent free now as they figure out what's next. Johnny's started taking online grad school classes to become a substance abuse counselor. Molly told me she was applying for pharmacy tech jobs. Their band, Communist Daughter, is still officially together, but they told me it feels like it's on hiatus. Most of their time is spent taking care of Johnny's mom and her husband. And they know that will only escalate, especially as Nancy's illness progresses.
1: It is the thing with my mom where it's funny how like 90% of the time, like when I wake up in the morning and I look at my day, it looks like I don't have anything to do. But as soon as you step out of that door, it's, it could be like, oh, you know, mom has to go to a doctor now, or, you know, like suddenly something happened with the bank and I've got to run there. And so you, even though you have all this, like you think you're going to have free time, you know, you kind of have to be, your schedule has to be kind of open.
0: Is she able to move in and out of the bathroom on her own? It's it's
3: hard. It's really hard. It it like wears her out so much. Um so it is probably gonna get to that point pretty soon, and we're not sure. We've um, talked
1: about maybe having somebody come in, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: once a week or yeah. you know, for bathing. But I do, something. you know,
3: sometimes I have to help her put on articles of clothing or, you know, put on well, pretty much every, you know, her her jewelry, I have to put that on. She can't reach up high and her hands shake, so.
1: And then there's, you know, just the things of like, mom, you can't walk around. You can't, you know, you're going to fall over. You're going to knock things over. So you end up like having these conversations where it's like, you can't, no, like, I'm going to pour your soy sauce. And she's like, you know, a very smart, very, right, you right. know, and she was the boss for so long and now I'm. Telling her she can't pour her own soy sauce because
3: it is funny how those roles get reversed, and it's been a learning experience. I think getting being older out and, here has
1: been interesting because yeah. it, it forces Molly's had to, you know, be vocal about certain things, especially with my mom's way of dealing with things. Yeah, you know? it
3: actually has been good because it, uh, it's like making me a stronger person, I mean, example, it's making me like, more.
0: What can you think of something?
3: Um, I'm a very like. I I'll go out of my way to do something nice kind of a person which I don't know that sounds so weird saying that out loud but there have been times when you know I I don't finish my breakfast or it gets cold because I have to you know help her do something that actually isn't very important and it can totally wait like I I've learned to be like actually I'm eating my breakfast right now so is it okay if I throw away the newspaper for you Later. She's so bossy Can, about the way she Would you mind setting that things? on the on the counter
0: next to you, or you know? Yeah, I love that thinking about that being like I get to say, "Can I please finish my breakfast?" <laughs> yeah. Like talking yourself into that. Yeah, and she's gotten a lot
3: better though. Yeah, because you've that, pointed out those things to her so yeah. often.
1: It's weird now because it's becoming more of like uh, I feel more like a parent where I, I catch myself being. I don't know. Well, I know what kind of parent maybe I'll be. I'll be the like really? It's like a little <laughs> glimpse into that. Yeah, and it's the things it's like not the good things. It's the things that like, oh, this is gonna really fluster me.
0: Do you feel like you found a community at all here, Molly? Yep. Hmm.
3: Not no, I haven't. But I I kind of um I'm kind of enjoying it in a way, like just having a lot of free time, or at least, yeah, like John says, you expect to have free time. Um, it's funny how that changes throughout the day, but um, I don't know. It's just such a different, it's such a difference out here. You know, you don't have a community, and you don't have friends, and you don't have.
1: We have some friends that we met through being on tour that like some musicians and some people that came to some shows. We haven't
3: hung out with them still. Yeah. But they're they're in
1: you know, we're up here like in this kind of retirement little area. And you know, so it's like a 40 minute drive to go hang out with them. And we would, but it's also I gotta be back here every night to make dinner and You know, you can't miss your shows. (laughs) I'm watching a lot of TV right now.
0: What have been your strategies to have privacy as a couple?
1: Oh.
3: Well, we have decided that once a month um, we'll have, like, a date night where we...
1: Once a month.
3: Once a month. And we'll go away to, like, a hotel or something. And then every once once in a while they'll go
1: out to eat dinner. I think even if they don't want to, they'll go out... You know once every couple weeks, yeah. which is still then like we're looking at once every two weeks. <laughs> but you know, we talked about like this is a time in our life where we want to talk about starting a family, and so it becomes like, How are we gonna do that here? You know, you don't want to be changing diapers on both sides of things. Hmm. It's this weird convert, morbid conversation that you have to have where you have to be like, Well, will they die before we you know get pregnant so then we could go back to Minnesota and that's like such a weird thing to like yeah. to be like well we don't hope that no, we don't not at all but it's like could we make it work if you know if Molly gets pregnant out here would she resent me and you know like uh I don't know it was just a lot of conversations where when it came down to it it, it was just like this is what felt like we had to do because if we didn't do it what's the other option man i hate this town so i'm looking for the only way out and the life i wanted years ago is maybe not the
0: life i should have found that's johnny and molly solomon and the communist daughter song speed of sound After this conversation, Nancy's health continued to decline. She had a stroke and wasn't able to work anymore. Johnny and Molly lived with her for two years. And when her health stabilized, Johnny decided to take a job in Alaska, working as a mental health and addiction counselor, flying into remote Alaskan villages. That's where he and Molly have been living ever since. They recently bought a house there and are preparing to become foster parents. The band Communist Daughter put out their farewell album called Unknown Caller, last March. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I produced this episode back in 2018. The rest of our team includes Katie Bishop, Afi Yellowduke, Yasmin Khan, Emily Botine, and Andrew Dunn. Thanks to Will Huntsbury for his help on this episode. Our interns are Marty Harding and Christy Song. The Reverend John DeLore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Instagram at Anna AnnaSalePix, that's P-I-C-S, and you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeathSexMoney. Sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website at DeathSexMoney.org. Thanks to Marsha Lovett in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, for being a sustaining member of Death, Sex, and Money. Join Marsha and support what we do here by going to DeathSexMoney.org slash donate. I'm Anna Sale, And this is Death Sex and Money from WNYC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently